Hey there, podcast listeners. My name is Bryant Manning, and I serve as the pastor here at the Wesley Foundation at FSU and TCC. We are a campus ministry of the United Methodist Church on the campus of Florida State University here in Tallahassee, Florida. These sermons that we're presenting here are designed, written, and presented for college students who are exploring their lives of faith and growing in their walk with Jesus. And our hope and prayer is that you too will be inspired by these messages, that you will learn something about the scriptures, and that you'll leave with your life transformed by the grace and mercy of Jesus Christ. Thank you so much from the bottom of our heart for listening. Well, listen, we are uh, grateful that you are here this morning, and we're grateful that you've chosen this morning to be here in this space as a part of this family, this fellowship. This place, in in some form or fashion, has existed for almost 100 years. Can you believe that? Almost 100 years here on the campus of Florida State University, so pretty amazing. Uh, I'm going to give a message this morning entitled Home Away From Home. I'm going to pull this message from the scriptures, of course, but this time from Jeremiah 29. You may be familiar with this passage, so if you grew up in church, you may have heard this passage or or maybe particularly just like one verse out of it, as is often the case, but I want to give you some context to that this morning. So if you have a Bible, I invite you to pull it up if you uh, pull it out if you have a phone, whatever. It'll also be on both screens. Uh, Let's read the scriptures together. This is, um, Zach, go ahead and click clear and then hit it again. Yeah, that's my bad. That's not Zach's bad. Uh, This is Jeremiah 29, uh, chapter 29, verse 4. The Lord of heavenly forces, the God of Israel, proclaims to all the exiles I have carried off from Jerusalem to Babylon, colon, build houses and settle down Cultivate gardens and eat what they produce. Get married and have children. Then help your sons find wives and your daughters find husbands in order that they too may have children. Increase in number there so that you don't dwindle away. Promote the welfare of the city where I have sent you into exile. Pray to the Lord for it because your future depends on its welfare. The Lord of heavenly forces, the God of Israel proclaims, colon, don't let the prophets and diviners in your midst mislead you. Don't pay attention to your dreams. They are prophesying lies to you in my name. I didn't send them, declares the Lord. The Lord proclaims, colon, when Babylon's 70 years are up, I will come and fulfill my gracious promise to bring you back to this place. This is the verse you probably know. I know the plans I have in mind for you, declares the Lord. They are plans for peace, not disaster, to give you a future filled with hope. When you call me and come pray to me, I will listen to you. When you search for me, yes, search for me with all your heart, you will find me. I will be present for you, declares the Lord, and I will end your captivity. I will gather you from all the nations and places where I have scattered you, and I will bring you home after your long exile, declares the Lord. That's again my fault. You did hear it though, right? Only thing that's important. That's why we don't rely on technology. Clear it, Zach. <laughs> Just say goodbye. Give Zach another round of applause. I was like, we're still on verse four, bro. Let's, let's pray over the preaching of God's word. God, we, uh, we invite your spirit into this space even when technology fails us or humans. 
And, uh, and we ask, God, we ask, God, that your word would be a lamp into our feet and a light into our path. God, may it speak to us, may it speak through us for the establishment of your kingdom on this earth. God, may the words of my mouth and the meditations of all of our hearts be acceptable and in your sight, and in your sight alone, oh God, you are our rock and our redeemer. We love you. Amen. We're going to go back through it, so if you missed it all because there was a lot of fiery language in there, I'll catch you back up. Don't worry about it. Listen, last week, our, our residential staff here at Wesley, we have a residential staff of 13 people who live in our apartments. What up, residential staff? Raise your hands. They're in the blue shirt, so if you see them, say hi. They know their way around this place, and so say hi to them and, and, uh, and get to know them. But we go on a retreat just with them uh, a couple weeks ago at this point. It was two weekends ago. We go on a retreat out to Panama City Beach because it's super fun, and we, we spend time bonding with each other, getting to know each other, learning each other's personalities, learning how to work with each other. That's the sort of stuff we do. And my, my job for the retreat not only was to run it, but also to drive all of the things. You ever been that person on the trip? that's like, they got to take an extra car because we got all that stuff to take. That was me. I had to take this car. So I had to drive the two, two-ish hours uh, out there by myself. And then we spent there uh, the time together that weekend. And then at the end of the weekend, we packed all the stuff up and we put it back in my car. And then I drove all the way back here. And I got back here to Wesley on Sunday and I was gone Friday, Saturday, Sunday. If if you saw the two little kids running around, those are my kids. So I had missed them because I hadn't seen them Friday, Saturday, Sunday. I was also, if I'm just being honest, exhausted. Right, Red Staff? Just exhausted after you're back from something like that. So I was tired. And I pull into Wesley over in the office parking lot right over here next to DZ. And I, I back up because I've got all this stuff. And I was also booking it to get back here because I knew what was going to happen. I was going to get back here and everybody else was going to have uh, not wanted to wait on me. And then I was going to have to unload my car myself, right? So I'm like booking it to get back so that they don't have any excuse. They're here. Ooh, got to help me unload, right? So we get back here. I pull in, and, and I see these two women right outside the office parking lot. And they're, they're uh, dressed head to toe in a burqa. If you don't know what a burqa is, that's like a, a, an Islamic female dress. It is head to toe, covered everything but the face. And they're, they're both dressed like that. And the, my, honestly, if I'm just being real honest, my first thought is it's 100 degrees outside. Right, And it is, it is like two in the afternoon at this point. And they have this little boy with them. And so I get out, and to be honest with you, my patience was kind of like, I'm just like ready to go, right? I'm ready to get home. But I saw them and I thought, there's gotta be something going on here. And so I, I stop and I talk to them and uh, quickly realize that they don't speak English, like at all, like at all. Uh, through very broken English, I was able to understand that and then realize that we were going to communicate for the next 15 minutes by typing into Google Translate. Have you ever done this with somebody? I, I didn't actually, I've never actually used Google Translate for something helpful like that. I, I'm usually like, you know, like the sixth grade boys use Google Translate. Like, let me figure out what inappropriate thing I can say uh, on Google Translate. So, but I like thought, I was like, this is amazing. This is amazing use of technology. I'm communicating with somebody who speaks Arabic and I speak English and I'm trying to figure out what they need. What do they want? Well, first thing they wanted was water. Can do, can do that, got that. We brought them into the space so they could feel a little bit of air conditioning while we got all this situated and we're sitting there typing back and forth. And I don't know them. I don't know anything about them. 
I found out they needed some medications, and that was like a little bit out of my level, you know, like, how am I going to get them medications? But then, then they wanted a TV, and I'm thinking, we got an extra TV. I could probably get you a TV. Okay, what else do you want? And they, there was like a, a series of other things that they needed. And then, then they needed some money to get onto the bus to get back to their house. So I gave them whatever, a couple dollars, were in, I never have cash in my, but I gave them a couple dollars in my wallet, and uh, and got them back to the bus before I left. And I got their WhatsApp number. You guys use WhatsApp? I got their WhatsApp number because that, that's how they communicate. Also, like, just as a side, amazing technology. I was typing in English. They're reading it in Arabic. And then they would type back in Arabic and I'd read it in English. And I was like, bro, the future is here, right? Like, that is incredible. So I'm, I'm type, typing back and forth, and I'm trying to get a picture of, like, who are they? Where, where are they? They're clearly not from around here, right? Like, how, how do I get some information about them? And I find out pretty quickly that they are Syrian refugees. If you don't know anything about what's going on in Syria right now, but for the past 10 years or so, there has been a guy, Bashar al-Assad, who's the leader, the president of Syria for the past, he's been there for the last 20 years or so. And he's, um, he's bad guy, like bad guy, bad guy, totally bad guy, has a lot of um, humanitarian crimes to his name, a lot of things that his government won't admit that he did. Are you with me? Like this happens a lot, unfortunately, in our world, that he's one of those guys. And about 10 years ago, the people of Syria put up a a barrier, a stop, and they said, you know, we're not going to take that anymore. And they had a, a revolution that was unsuccessful. They had a revolution and a civil war that was unsuccessful, and it has not really gotten better. And so the people of Syria are, are having to leave. And so a lot of them end up in the greatest country in the world. So they end up here, right, in America, evidently in Tallahassee. Uh, so I get some information about them, and they were working with a, a group in, in, in town that I actually worked with in, at another church. And so I kind of got a picture of who they were and where, what they actually needed. And I started making some other phone calls and text messages to find out more about them. And, and in my conversation with her, the main woman I was talking to, she made a comment that honestly I kind of took, uh, I didn't like pay much attention to when she said it. But then looking back on it, I think it was super profound. She said, because we are far from home, because we are far from home, blah, 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 we need this, 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 this. We're scared of this. We don't understand this because we are far from home. And I started thinking about how difficult it must be to be far from home. Because when you are away from your home, if you're in a place that is not your home, it feels unsettled, doesn't it? It feels un uneasy a little bit. Some of you are experiencing that now because you're first year students and you just moved into dorms and um, you're just meeting your roommates and you just went through a weekend <laughs> with your new roommates. So you're starting to get what that's like. And like that feels a little uneasy, right? That feels a little uh, scary, a, a little like, ah, this isn't what I'm used to. This isn't home for me. And the truth is that's, Siri, stop, stop, stop. She doesn't like me. All right, there we go. The truth is, is that, that that's how we all experience times when we are away from home. Whether you're in a war-torn or from a war-torn country or you're, 
you know, moving into DeGraff or something. Like, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. I'm sorry for those of you who have to walk underneath Tennessee Street. But like, it doesn't matter because you feel uneasy no matter what happened there. I want to take you back to this scripture verse that was unfortunately not on the screen. Because this is what's happening in this passage in Jeremiah 29. Jeremiah is a prophet. Say prophet. Oh, say it with some passion. Prophet. Yeah, somebody tell me what a prophet is. What's a prophet? What'd you say? Again, again and cursey. Yes, that is the spelling P-R-O-F-I-T. What if I spelled it P-R-O-P-H-E-T? What would be a prophet? What's a prophet? It's a voice. It's a voice. And, and in the scriptures, it's a voice for God. We have a bunch of prophets in the Old Testament. That's the part of the Bible we're reading right now. We have a bunch of prophets in the Old Testament. But, but that's what's happening is that Jeremiah is a prophet. Say prophet. prophet. Yeah, say prophet. prophet. And it's in the Old or New Testament. Yeah, we've learned something today. What is a prophet, Phil Prassy? <laughs> A voice, a voice on behalf of God, a voice for God. The prophet in the scriptures is always somebody who's speaking on behalf of God. And here's what happens before this passage that we read today. Jeremiah is writing a letter to the people who have been exiled, like that Bonnie Vare and Taylor Swift song, you know what I'm saying? Been exiled away. What does exiled mean? Anybody, somebody knows, because you, you heard the song. What's, what does it mean? Oh, Austin's laughing. That's something else. <laughs> Awkward. Exile means to be sent away, okay? So exile means to be sent away, away from your home. Yeah, that's what's happening here. Here's what Jeremiah tells them because they are in a place called Babylon. Babylon is uncharted territory. Babylon is a place that we're not comfortable with. We don't know and we don't have control over. Never a great experience, right? To be in a place that you don't have control over. Babylon is uncharted territory. Here's what Jeremiah tells them. He says, build houses and settle down. Cultivate gardens and eat what they produce. Get married and have children. Then help your sons find wives and your daughters find husbands in order that they too may have children. Increase in number there so that you don't dwindle away. Promote the welfare of the city where I have sent you into exile. Pray to the Lord for it because your future depends on it. When you're in a place where you feel uncomfortable, it feels new, you don't have a lot of control over it, you're unsure, when you're in that place, you have two options. You can sit by, and as he says, let it dwindle. You can sit by and just let it go. Or you can dive in. You can dive in. I have seen people in college do, this, do both things. I have seen people who come into college and they're like, ah, my mom wanted me to come here. I didn't really want to be here. How fast can I get through this? 
right? How many classes can I take so that I can just move through in two and a half years? How many can I convince them to pull from my AP credits in high school so I can get through as fast as possible? That's a a way a lot of people do college. In fact, that's actually the trend moving through college, right? Is to like, let's just get through as fast as possible. It's probably because it costs so much money. Are you with me? But like, yeah, that's, that's what happens in a lot of people in college. I also see the opposite. I also see the opposite, the folks who just dive in. They're like, I'm going to go to every event they have. I'm going to go to every football game. I'm going I'm to uh, go to every event. I'm going to join like six different organizations. I'm going to take leadership on two or three of them. And I'm going to do this. And I'm going to do this. I'm going to do this. And that way I look back at my college career and I'm like, bro, look all the things that I did. Are you with me? Like all the things that I did. I tend to think that's kind of what Jeremiah is saying here. He's saying if you're in a place that's kind of temporary, it's kind of a holding space, it's kind of unknown, it's kind of uneasy. When you're in that space, you have two choices. You can let it dwindle. You could just move through quickly, not get to know people, not spend a lot of time, not join any groups, whatever, not get involved in the church. You could do that. Or you could dive in. You could make it a home away from home. Notice what he says. He says, build houses and settle down. Cultivate gardens and eat what they produce. In other words, eat the stuff that comes out of the ground that you're uncomfortable being in. He he says, get married and have children. Please don't take that literally while you're here. Get married and have children. Right afterwards, sure. Uh, But then help your sons find wives and your daughters find husbands in order that they too may have children. Increase in number so that your numbers don't dwindle away. Promote the welfare of the city where I have sent you into exile. Pray to the Lord for it because your future depends on it. You can sit on the sidelines You can be, ah, I'm just here, or I can go at it, go after it, dive in, make this space, even though I might be uncomfortable with it, make this space a home away from home. One of the reasons I wanted to use this passage is because the way that Jeremiah 29 11 is often read and taught and seen on bumper stickers and Instagram posts and whatever is like, God knows your plans. You have no part in it. And uh, it's for you to like be super successful, wealthy and get along everything and, and everything goes great for you in your life. Like that's, it's like an uplifting note in that way. And I'm not saying it's not. I'm not saying God doesn't want the best for you. Of course, God wants the best for you. But do you see how it nuances is it within that context? Do you see how all of a sudden it says, oh, 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 Make this place a home. Why? Because I know the plans I have for you next. I know what's going to happen next. And those things, those are for for peace for you. That's for so that you would prosper. It's not so that you would be harmed. The reason you're here is not so that I would harm you. It's because I'm preparing you for what's next. Do you see the difference there? Do you see what's happening there? Is that God's trying to tell us, hey, I got you, dude. I got you. And as uneasy as you feel, as out of place as you feel, God has your back. God has you. If you just take a second and dive in. He says, otherwise, they would dwindle away. They wouldn't have any kids. They wouldn't eat anything. They wouldn't build a house. They'd just kind of bide the time. He's saying, no, 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 no. Your welfare depends on their welfare. 
Make a home away from home here. Make a home away from home. I pray that college will be, is, for you, a home away from home. I pray literally every day that Wesley Foundation, this place here on the side of Jefferson Street, would be a home away from home for every single one of you. Our staff met in the prayer room right over here, right before service, and we prayed that exact thing, that every single person that would be here this morning, if we had known your names, we would have prayed over your names. That every single person would find a home here, a home away from home. Because however long you're here, whether it's three to seven years, Austin is going to finish his Spanish classes, I promise. (laughs) It's going to happen. As long as you're here, this place can be a place you dive into, can be a place that you make a home from away from home, a place where God will lift you up. Now, hopefully, I pray it is, I know it is, uh, college, Florida State University, TCC, wherever you are in school, It's better than Babylon. All right, Babylon, pretty bad. Okay, so I'm not comparing the two. But I do think, I do think that it has something to teach us a little bit. I'll tell you this, and I'll tell everybody who who first comes here, your life as a first year in in school, and those of you who are older will understand this, uh, your life as a first year in school and then as a fourth, fifth year in school, completely different. The people that you thought were gonna be best friends, you met your freshman year, and you were like, yeah, they're gonna be in my wedding one day. You don't even talk to them anymore, right? You're going to be completely different four years from that time than you were, even though you were like hard after them, hard after them then. Some of you lose it when uh, you have a, 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 a relationship that goes awry and, uh, and you think to yourself like, that's the person for me. And then all of a sudden that person isn't the person for you and it'll destroy you. Don't let it do that. Things are vapor. They're in the wind. But there's some growth that happens there. I think that God is calling you to dive in to Tallahassee. If you've, this is your first week in Tallahassee, welcome, welcome. If you've always dreamt about going to Florida State, welcome. If you're at TCC thinking, when can I get into Florida State, welcome. If you're like, you came here because of the money and no other reason, welcome. You're here now. You're here. This is your place. Dive in. Make it a home away from home. Why? Because God's got you. God knows where you're going to go. God's going to guide you on those paths. Dive in here. Don't just wait out the time. Don't just bite it trying to get to the next thing. Dive in. Thank you for listening to the sermon podcast of the Wesley Foundation and FSU and TCC. We hope this was uplifting to you and helpful in your walk with Jesus. If you would like to support us, we would love your prayerful and financial support. 
You can give online at fsuwesley.com or on Venmo by just searching FSU Wesley Foundation. Thanks again 